This gun sure looks deadly, but it's not the least bit deadly unless I point it at someone and pull the trigger. Gentlemen, this is Democracy Manifest. Welcome back to Repeal the 20th Century. Today I have with me Jeremy Kaufman. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself, Jeremy? Sure. I am the Libertarian candidate for United States Senate in the state of New Hampshire. I live in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, which is this, this movement to concentrate libertarians in a single state. It's uh, as a result of this, I think New Hampshire is one of the few places, maybe the only place that's actually getting freer on a year by year basis and in, instead of getting uh, worse. Uh, so I live in New Hampshire with, um, um, with my partner and three, uh, three boys, three young boys. And um, I'm also involved in my work in the Web3 and decentralized technology space, but I think we're mostly talking politics today. Yeah, uh, so big reason I wanted to have you on. Um, I wanted to have you on before you announced your Senate campaign, mostly to talk about, you know, strategy and, and libertarian strategy, because that's something I've been doing a lot on, because we have plenty of uh, content on libertarian theory and, and policy and stuff, but not a whole lot on actually how do we achieve these goals. And I've had a few episodes on those subjects, and um, I think the Free State Project is a very interesting one, especially since it's one that's produced a lot of results. And But as soon as I heard your Senate campaign coming out, I really wanted to have you on uh, because I found that interesting. Um, and because, you know, if anywhere libertarians are going to win campaigns like that, it's going to be New Hampshire. Um, so I wanted to ask you, what was the reason that you decided to finally run for Senate in New Hampshire and not some other position? And also why are you doing it as a member of the Libertarian Party and not a Republican? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. So I got involved in, in the Libertarian Party in New Hampshire uh, again a couple of years ago after being frustrated by the 2020 campaign that, that the LP ran around Joe now this ties into strategy right because on policy i think joe was uh pretty good uh great even from what i've seen i you know i but i didn't dive deep on policy of course because politics actually isn't about policy for the most part this is a lie uh, uh we're taught sometimes in school and i think it's something that that some libertarians i think still believe but that's not what it's uh that's not what it's about um politics actually has very little to do with policy uh, the average person couldn't tell you very much about policy they may they may generate policy reasons as to why they're voting for someone but that's not actually what was sort of driving um driving their their decision making 
So I was frustrated with uh, the Libertarian Party. I wanted the Libertarian Party to be more unequivocally uh, libertarian um, because I think that's part of how you actually do shape the politics picture. A lot of people, uh, in terms of how they form their opinions, uh, really do just kind of go, well, what's the spectrum? Eh, I'm going to be somewhere around the middle. You know, um, I'm going to be somewhere around the middle. And so so one of the ways you can make the country more libertarian or make an area more libertarian is by being unequivocally libertarian, as long as you can be that way while simultaneously not be more marginalized than libertarians are uh, already. Right? You have to also be able to get your message out uh, as well. Um, so um, <clears throat> that's why I got involved. I was frustrated. Right. I was like, these guys are using the name libertarian, which is a word that I associate very strongly with. And they're not really saying the things that I, I think they should be saying. And so I got involved, I got active uh, here, and then the, the party approached me, truthfully. I didn't, I, I didn't really dream of running for Senate. I'm, I'm largely disdainful of politics, uh, although I cheer on all the pol political victories here. And, uh, but you know, I actually think it's gonna be a, a fun time and it's a chance to put some, some of my money where my mouth is, where I've had these issues strategically. You know, let's go and get involved and and uh, you know see see what we can do and see if we can make a difference and i think there is and this is i think what's important is like victory with a political campaign especially when you're at one or two percent of the vote it's not just whether you won or lost right if you can generate if you can change some people's minds if you can generate press if you can shift the conversation if you can cause things to be talked about you know there's all kinds of ways um that you can win without that right and you know, we just went through 2020, one of the worst years in libertarian history, nationally speaking, and we didn't really have the Libertarian Party uh, acting that way. It was always trying to, to shift its beliefs and package them up you know, sort of as something that it's not. Uh, and I don't think that's a way to, to sort of true uh, you know, long-term victory. Yeah, I have to agree with that completely as somebody who um now regrets their decision to vote for Joe Jorgensen in 2020 and someone who comes from a state um, that was devastated by how badly she did, that being New York. Um, you know, we had just earned ballot access, the Libertarian Party, that is, of New York um, in 2018, thanks to Larry Sharp's campaign, and then we immediately lost it um, the next major election cycle. And, you know, I think very much a lot of that was her messaging um, was very weak in trying to package it as basically um, left-wingers who aren't completely crazy except for still kind of are. And I think that's failed. So I wanted to ask you specifically what direction do you want to take the messaging in um, that you think will be most effective in your campaign? So there's a number of, of things that you can do. Uh, you can use using humor is a is a big one um finding ways of sort of, of 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 mocking the system or things generally sort of poking holes that can be a way of of tearing down people's walls getting people to think differently it's also and this is so key today right if you're not going to get distribution via the mainstream media which let's be realistic you're not going to get you have to have a message that's going to get shared that people are going to be willing to share on their own they're going to click retweet they're going to click share whatever um, which means that generally it can't be it's it some things that are entirely serious can get you there but a lot of times it's something that has some element of humor now i don't necessarily mean going fully farcical i think you do have to have some ability to back it up with substance um 
The other thing you can do uh, is, and this was, is perhaps more controversial, but I, I think we've demonstrated some success uh, uh, with it, perhaps some failures too, I don't think we're batting 1,000, is uh, you can uh, effectively troll people. Um, you can put out a message in a way that will cause your opponents to share it. Um, now they, and it may be the case that that message is unpopular on the whole, uh, but remember that libertarians are at one and two percent, right? So if someone is sharing a message that even even the majority of people who are seeing it don't like it, if you're now reaching that five, 10, 20 percent who do like it, you're now expanding your coalition and, and building your coalition and they're actually you know growing your reach for you. And I'll give an example of this where I do think it was done right, although we, even the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire was criticized by Gary Johnson, although quite frankly, I'll take that as a badge of honor given some of his his uh, ostensibly libertarian positions, like was the child labor tweet that, that LPNH did, which was basically saying, hey, you know, children can learn a lot at work, uh, frequently more than they can at school. I don't remember exactly how we put it, but it was put provocatively. It got, it got both genuinely shared and it also got ratioed, right? There were a bunch of people who said, you know, make, making fun of libertarians. But Fox News wrote an article specifically about the tweet. They called us up. It, they uh, let out, you know, we got to put quotes in the article. And if you go and look at the comments on that article, they are predominantly in our favor. So there we took an issue that no one's talking about. No one's talking about this. We made people talk about it. People saw the message as a result of that. And at least some people agreed with us, right? Um, and so I think that is an example of of us doing it correctly, of using that that technique correctly. And so that um, that's another way that you can do it. Other ways of you just you have to force them to talk about you. You can't let them um, ignore you. And so the demeanor that you have in social media or in news situations. It's not the same demeanor you're going to have when you're having a conversation. Like sometimes people see I have a social media persona, but sometimes people think like I must be like a huge asshole or I'm a huge troll. It's like, no, if we have, we're having a conversation one on one, that's I'm a different person. When we're in social media land, you know, to some extent, we're 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 playing a role. Um, and mm -hmm. so I think that that's something also that some of these people can miss. A lot of libertarians, uh, big L libertarians, they're like. I don't know if we want to people some people get uncomfortable using the word autism let's say they're highly scrupulous okay they take things very seriously and for them politics really is this very supposed to be this very serious discussion of, of policy um and that's just not what it is that's not how people are making their decisions right so these people need to face the actual evidence of how people are making their decisions i like the policy stuff i'm a nerd i'm an econ nerd i'm a math guy like you want to nerd out on on these kinds of things, I can do it. That message is gonna get two likes when I put it out on social media. So that place has gotta have its own forms. We can do that in podcasts, we can do it in longer form, we can do that for its right audience, we can do that in think tanks. But if you're running a campaign, you've gotta find a way to communicate uh, to the masses in ways that they're going to be willing to share. That's the only way you can run a, a campaign as a, as a libertarian, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have to completely agree with that. Um, just seeing my own personal experience trying to promote this show or, or anything really, um, the best it's done is not when I get nitty-gritty um, nitty into the actual policy or the theory of it or anything. It's either something humor or saying something that 
um, is either outrageous or just something that isn't isn't talked about at the very least. It, it, you don't see a lot of people saying this or saying that. Um, those things do really well, and I think that it it applies to politics greatly. I mean, um, I don't think Trump would have done as well as he did if he didn't continually keep himself in the news uh, by saying all the outrageous things. It's what probably got him elected. And yeah, I and think... But, but, but I want to dig into that just for a second. Is it's not these, these quote, outrageous things. Mm-hmm. Part of what you should also be looking for to the extent that you're going to that you are going to win on policy is issues where basically people are expressing false preferences. That is, society has a norm that everyone is supposed to express preference X, but there actually is this secretly large group of people that have preference Y, but preference Y has been kind of tabooed. We call these third rail issues or whatever. If you can sometimes find those issues and get and say something in a way that's, that's acknowledging those, because that is taboo, because that opinion is tabooed, you'll get coverage, and then the people who actually agree with that will then will then cluster with you. And I, <laughs> I'm not. I would not go so far as to consider him a fellow traveler. But if you look at what Nick Fuentes does, all right, I'm not endorsing his beliefs, but this strategy of of how he does that, uh, he's absolutely willing to engage their real issues. He's absolutely willing to say things that no one else is willing to say. A bunch of people, but that, that but that a reasonable number of Americans believe. His enemies amplify the message. They make him bigger than he actually would have been otherwise and actually bring more people into his movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm actually glad you brought that up because um you know, I had this conversation um on another podcast about uh the need to learn from these people that maybe we disagree with, you know, I disagree with Nick Fuentes on plenty, I disagree with Trump on plenty, and uh the one I get a lot of flack from on the right is um, Vladimir Lenin. But all these people accomplish something. All these people have success. And we need to be willing to learn from people who succeed even when they disagree with us. Because what they're doing we can probably emulate in some form or fashion and see success on our ends as well. And and stop losing. Um, 100%. I mean libertarians are generally so good they're like oh we understand revealed preference. And, oh, you know, it's a market outcome, you know, so therefore there must have been something there, right? And, and you know, the market decided, right? We have, you know, that's a, libertarians give that answer a lot. They trust, they, they, you know, there's had to be some logic behind that. And then they seemingly drop that analysis uh, when it comes to why they're losing elections and why these other people are, are winning them or, or developing a following. Yeah, it, it seems to be an almost uh, cognitive dissonance in that well we can't be like our enemy but you know when we're not like our enemy we lose you know we don't we don't have success and that's that's part of the problem really um but since we're talking about success i kind of wanted to move a little more into getting into the free state project because i think um that's something that actually quite a lot of libertarians actually don't know very much about or or anything about and yet it seems to be probably our most successful project so I kind of wanted to ask just like for those who don't know just a quick what is the Free State Project absolutely so the Free State Project is a movement to concentrate libertarians in a single state uh, uh, through a decision-making process after 5,000 people agreed to concentrate 
Uh, they picked New Hampshire around 15 years ago, probably more than 15 years ago at this point. Um, and then the movement, um, the sort of concentration really started uh, accelerating around, I would say five years ago, it started really picking up after we got to um, 20,000 people uh, agreeing to move. Um, right now there are around 6,300, 6,400 free staters uh, in the state of New Hampshire. So unsurprisingly, not everyone followed through, but uh, um, certainly a lot of people did. Um, and we're achieving real political success. We have 40 free staters in the House of Representatives, uh, including the House Majority uh, Leader. Um, we now have some that are running uh, for national office that have a real chance. Um, the, the people who are on the other side of liberty um, can't stop talking about us. Uh, you can go to the Free State Project Twitter and you'll find, uh, you'll find lots of that where, um, and even the, the governor uh, who, who I don't think is a libertarian has embraced it. Uh, he's met with the founder of our movement. He just went down um, and, and, and met with Cato um, and Cato identified New Hampshire as the freest state in the country by quite a substantial margin. Um, you know, when, when I said New Hampshire got better while everything else was getting worse, um, just in the last 18 months, um, libertarians in New Hampshire cut both taxes and spending, um, banned vaccine passports, uh, not by executive order, but by an actual legislative measure that is now part of the law, and did that in a way that still respected property rights. So it also was not a restriction on, on voluntary association and that, that kind of thing, but the government can't be involved, you know, in any, um, you know, in any of those uh, schemes. Um, pretty much every libertarian issue we're, uh, you know, we're winning, uh, we're winning on, um, you know, whether that's like occupational uh, licensing, um, uh, or social freedoms, uh, or all of these things. I mean, New Hampshire seems to be moving better, uh, you know, in, in just about every way. Um, there's also, uh, at least for, for some future time period, the pit, there's a pinned tweet thread on the Free State account um, that goes through everything that happened um, just, you know, just in the last year. And so it's really incredible. Um, it's also not just about the policy victories. Cause it's funny. I was like, oh yeah, no one cares about policy. What did I do? I just talked about policy for the uh, you know for the last five minutes. Um, and this this is something that's difficult to get across in a podcast. So I'd strongly encourage you to just come visit for a little bit and check it out. There is something to having this really dense network of libertarians. Whether that's everything from who your kids not not like I only know libertarians, but you know. You have, libertarians tend to think similarly to other libertarians. So when I have other libertarian parents, my kids are hanging out, we think about things maybe a little bit more similarly than someone who's, who's not a libertarian. I mean, the amount of social events that you can go to is endless. We had 200 people out for a hockey game just on Saturday uh, where uh, the Libertarian Party played uh, the Republican Party and we raised uh, you know like 3,000 bucks for school choice. Oh, we also just added school choice, by the way. Great school choice program. Get six thousand bucks, five thousand bucks, I think, a student, because um, it's just the state portion of the funds. Uh, but you get five thousand dollars a student, and it's it's very liberal. You can use that to buy the Ron Paul curriculum if you wanted to. Huge homeschooling network, uh, huge agorist uh, community, right? Cryptocurrency is actually being used here, and so you can imagine, uh, you know, what a dense network of libertarians might do in that capacity. I can't talk about all of it on a podcast. Um, you know, so uh, it's really cool. And it's something that you can only really experience by checking it out. Um, and I kind of want to pivot into why it works. But if I'll pause there, if, uh, no, if you know, that's sort of the status. I'd love to hear why you think it works and, and why it's successful. Um, you know, because it, it's 
we want to see more of that, I think, as libertarians. I think we want to see more success and, and see if we can't replicate it other um, in other places. I mean, certainly other people do uh, think so, and so I wanted to get your opinion on that and, and your analysis of why. Yeah, yeah. This, and so this, this gets into probably – so what I'm going to say here is this is my own personal – someone who's always trying to break down the world and understand why things happen. This is my own personal explanation. This is not, I don't think, the official free state – explanation so i want to be clear this is my personal opinion but this is how i think politics actually works um one key a really key fact most people are agreeable in the psychological sense that is they mostly sort of go along to get along they don't have they obviously have strong opinions about some things if something was going to hurt their kids etc i'm not saying they don't care they go along with society no matter what um Although some modern phenomenon, you might say, hey, they've even hurt their kids. Um, but uh, the uh, anyway, point is most people are very, uh, are agreeable. I and mean, th this is the kind of thing where you see these psychology studies and like, you know, there's some object on the table that's like clearly blue. And they, you know, they, they have three plants in front of you saying that it's red. And then they ask you, and like some people will just say red, right? You know, that's, I don't think that's the exact study, but you know, this kind of, people are familiar with this phenomenon. Libertarians, by nature of selecting a political philosophy that very few people agree with, are sort of by their nature independently minded because if you're not in the and disagreeableness it's kind of independently mindedness they're kind of that's those words kind of mean the same thing um and so uh and people tend to think that other people are like them this is also why libertarians tend to be confused that they they're not winning because they think oh what you're not why aren't you thinking things through like i am well that's not the way that a lot of people form their opinions so that's the first fact is to understand that like that you could get, and this is why people can go from being communist to socialist to, you know, very capitalist to all these different ways that we've lived throughout history, because most people are going to kind of, oh, what's, what is, what's the society that I'm in? What's generally expected of me? And I'm going to conform to it to, to some extent. And even a lot of libertarians, there's, there's obviously plenty of agreeable libertarians. I'm not suggesting all libertarians are disagreeable either. Um, so this is the first fact that we need to understand. And there's one other fact I want to couple with this, which is of the people who are more disagreeable of the people who are more willing to kind of come to their own conclusions about things the majority of these people do not come to the conclusion of libertarianism and furthermore they're they can't generally be moved from their positions okay um there is some logic i'm not gonna say it's it's um entirely that there's no logic to the political positions that we hold but like like and if you ask libertarian this you'll also see this themselves like you know like what's the evidence that would convince you that communism is a great philosophy and, you know, convince you to become a diehard communist? Like, you don't see very many libertarians, be, even the independently minded ones, be logically argued into becoming communists and vice versa in the, in the other direction. So we can debate what the causes of this are. I actually would prefer not to get into them because then it gets even more controversial, but uh, <laughs> we can if you want to. Uh, but like, basically, let's accept that like political preferences are largely stable by the time of like, early adulthood okay so if you combine the fact that like of the independently minded people who do have strong preferences their preferences are largely stable by early adulthood and then most people are agreeable this sort of explains why you have the the political climate you know um that we that we have and how change happens in a society is generally your independently minded elites start to change their opinions and you have this sort of shift and if they can convince other people near them and eventually it reaches the masses some some period of time later, sometimes very rapidly in the case of social upheaval, sometimes very slowly 
in the case of social change around um, you know, other uh, or political change around, around other issues. So the strategy for libertarian success is essentially, well, if we reach a critical density of people who are strongly libertarian, we will pull a lot of people um, to our side. And this is part of what you're seeing where, you know, might only be 6,000 of us, or I think there's probably more, like, I actually think, I wouldn't surprise me if there are 10,000, like libertarians don't always like being put on lists and this kind of thing, right? Um, so uh, we have a very outsized impact because we're there giving testimony at the hearings, even stuff like being on the town, you know, Facebook page, you know, because the agreeable people aren't commenting, right? So, you know, three or four libertarians, you know, uh, putting their voice in early in a conversation can actually shift the whole uh, conversation, right? Um, and so this is, uh, this is what we're doing. We're being very solid in our positions, you know, consistently um, uh, holding out for that libertarian position. Sometimes we'll accept a compromise uh, that moves us closer to, to, to the libertarian world that we would act, society that we'd actually want. Um, so I'm not saying that we're unwilling to compromise. In fact, we compromise all the time, but then we get right back to being like, no, we want it this way. No, we want it this way, right? Um, and so I think this is, um, you know, this is this is part of how it works. And so the libertarians have also, this same effect plays out in, in basically all, uh, you know, human social climates to the point that libertarians are making the Republicans, the libertarian Republicans are making the less libertarian Republicans more libertarian for this, because the same kind of phenomenon, because now you have 40, 50 of them that are there being this being the strong libertarian position persuading their colleagues becoming friends with them this kind of thing and 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 because this is very intellectual i'm not trying to say i'm above this i moving to new hampshire changed me it made me more libertarian <laughs> because you know i was i was independently minded enough to endorse some of this stuff around markets and and so on and that, and now i'm here and i'm like even more radically libertarian right because now that's the 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 climate that i'm in it changed me a little bit um and so uh, yeah, that's the sort of big picture theoretical reason that I think it works. So I think like the idea that you're going to persuade people to become libertarian, I think is like is is somewhat of a of a, of a false thing. Uh, the, the one belief that you could cling to is if there's some kind of turmoil, some kind of thing happening, they could cause a bunch of people to change their opinions. But we just went through that with COVID, right? Like that is the moment that if 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 this country is going to have a libertarian, um, you know, kind of revolution, right? I feel like that was the chance, right? Like this was government being at its most tyrannical and most people cheered for that boot on their neck, right? Like most people were like, bring it on. They were not, the amount of people who was fighting it, were, were they were a minority, um, a small minority. And, and so, you know, I think that like, we've got to recognize, like, let's not throw good money after bad. Like, let's recognize that, hey, what we're doing isn't working. And here we have increasing evidence that this is something that really does work. And if you imagine what the state would look like with three, five, ten times the amount of free staters in it, it's hard to believe that we wouldn't be able to make the state like incredibly libertarian. Yeah, I have to agree with pretty much everything you said because I think it echoes a lot of my beliefs. And I don't want to get too much into like why people hold political positions because I think that's a whole discussion on its own. Uh, but you know, I do really do resonate that really at least politically people are very much products of their environment and the idea that if we just bring in more and more libertarians into an environment will slowly be changing the environment and clearly in new hampshire that's the case and i think um but i wanted to ask though you know is it 
uh, could we replicate this in other states, or is New Hampshire kind of in a, a you know a position where it's easier because it is a smaller geographically state and population wise? So, I think regardless of whether it's possible or not, I think it's very premature. Like you know, this is this is also something I, I try to encourage people to think in, in terms of framing. Like, I love all the victories that we have. But it's like we are nowhere near done like the state is still way larger than i want the state to be there are still way too many laws you know so it's like it's it's awesome and i love the idea of like hey you guys are having a lot of success how can we replicate that so i don't want to i don't wanna like shoot people like that down because that's a great attitude to have um, but i think partially for some of the reasons that i just laid out i think that like there's just there's not enough people who genuinely hold these beliefs you know and so to, to sort of start watering it down when we could be accelerating it, you know, because again, there wasn't some trick. It wasn't like, the, like, to be clear, like none of the success came from us being like, here's the right way to present libertarianism. And we found the one weird trick to persuade people. Like that is not what happened. Um, now, I do, I do think people were persuaded, but, and, and of course, ultimately when someone is persuaded, they point to some argument or they point to some kind of thing but like really a lot of what's actually driving that persuasion is is the sort of embedding in the social fabric of these people being your peers, these people being community leaders, these people being your boss or or, or an employee that you respect. He's a hardworking guy. What's he think? You know, uh, you know, these kinds of things like that's that's what actually causes us, you know, to change um, to change our, our our opinions about things. Um, and so, I you know, I don't I don't know how you could replicate it if you're saying I want to concentrate libertarian somewhere else. Uh, no offense you're now competing against us so it's like why yeah why why would you pick that and and it's not it's also there's a whole mess of institutions that have been built up whether they're existing institutions like you know the america's for prosperity chapter here is all run by you know free staters and libertarians and i think it's pretty libertarian in other places but we're like ours is very libertarian to things like we have an institution called the new hampshire liberty alliance which like i can't imagine someone building up in another state where it's like all these people get together and review bills and score reps and score every bill so that we actually have a report card on how libertarian every legislator was for the last session um and i can tell you this is also i will say if you can replicate this it's one of the better ones if you can start getting people to pay attention to it because some of the state reps who like because you also have people you know, this is the other thing even politicians don't care about policy. Politicians are mostly uh, narcissistic people uh, who, of course, not the ones here, uh, but uh, <laughs> for the most part, uh, they're narcissistic people who like having uh, people pay, who like the, the power and the attention. Um, and so if you have that that kind of thing, you know, it's like you may associate, I, I, oh, I like liberty. I like freedom. Hey, this this organization that says they're all about those words is only giving me a B plus. I, I love those things. I deserve a, you know, I deserve an A uh, or whatever it might be, right? Where it's like, even there, these people, the elected reps, like they copy the policy positions. They copy the policy positions from other people who, who tell them to hold them. I mean, politicians are like, you know, not exclusively, but a lot of times like actually pretty poorly versed on policy and relying on their party and relying on other things. And they're good at, you know, going around and, and uh, getting people to like them uh, and getting people to think that they share values and getting people to respect them because that's what actually causes the average kind of person to, to vote for something. Yeah, I, I think that's very true. And I, I think it is interesting that you did warn against, you know, 
replicating it, at least now, because, you know, there are some people who are critics of the Free State Project who say, well, you've got this, this, and this still uh, in New Hampshire, but, you know, that is because you guys' work is not done, and, and I think, though, that it is hard to argue with the results you do have, and I think it is very, um, you know, it is a very palatable position, uh, and, and one that it brings success. So what I wanted to ask, though, is because you brought it up earlier, and I wanted to touch on it a little more, because I think people often too much think about libertarianism as only just a policy thing. Here are policy prescriptions. But um, you talked a lot about like the institutions that have been built up and the, the culture that has been created. So I wanted to ask about that, uh, because I think that is a very important aspect of it, is how is the Free State Project changing the culture of New Hampshire and the institutions besides just the state? Yeah. So um, I want to answer that just because I, I, I now feel a little bit bad at telling people not to try something. So <laughs> let me say this. What, what we're doing is very hard. And we should have a culture where we encourage people to try things, even if we think your success is unlikely. Okay. Uh, so if you're out there and you want to try it, I'm not saying not to. I'm saying that I think that like you'll probably fail, but I'm so still at the same time saying you should absolutely go for it uh, if you think you can do it, because that would be a mistake, you know, to not try. Trying is better than not trying, right? Um, uh, and I will also add here that like I don't think I don't think you should be persuaded by me. Like it's great if you are, but I, what I would actually encourage you to be persuaded of is that what I'm saying like might be true that there's even like a 5% chance that it could be true even if you think I'm probably wrong and then and then to come for a visit because I think a lot of people here if they just spend a couple of days and the free state project is like a free travel agent will help you plan a trip um, all this stuff if, uh, and so like just come out and check it out for a couple of days because it's it's worth way more than anything else and everyone likes a vacation so you don't have to, you know, you don't have to tell your wife or your husband like, hey, maybe we should move to New Hampshire. That gets everyone's hackles up. Come for a vacation. New Hampshire's beautiful. Come out to Port Fest. Come check it out. And then and then think about whether you would ever want to move here. Don't think that you have to be persuaded on moving here to come for a visit. Just come for a visit. It's a it's a libertarian mecca. You know, come for your pilgrimage and come you know, come check it out. Um, so to but to jump back to your question about institutions, I mean. Um, so one, I mean, I do think libertarians get involved in all kinds of existing, you know, groups. That's something that we encourage. We certainly get people who just want to go out and live in the woods, and that's totally cool. But a lot of people are. They're getting involved in, um, in the existing institutions. In other cases, it's new institutions being built up, um, like New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, you know, which I mentioned, or their political PACs. Uh, or even charities. I mean, there's a there's charities that 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 um, you know people have created. And, um, but people do stuff in their community. You know, whether that's like you know you do a toy drive or you do other stuff. I mean, there's a reason. Again, there's a reason politicians do this stuff, right? And I'm not saying that's the only reason we're doing it, but like, it works. I mean, it changes people's opinions about you. If someone has, it, it, you know, in terms of the way that most people form their opinions. Again, it's not about policy. But if, they, if someone thinks libertarians are jerks. And then the libertarians are, you know, are are uh, you know raising a bunch of money for charity or doing, you know, um, a food drive or whatever it is. You know, it's kind of difficult to hold on to that, right? And and you're at least like, like tamping that, you know, tamping that down a little bit. Um, so 
I would say that that's, that's, that's definitely something that's culturally encouraged. Um, and so we have both involvement with the existing stuff and then we have our own, like there's something called like gun church, uh, where people, uh, you know, uh, go out and, uh, you know, and, and, and do shooting and there's, I've actually never gone, but there's, I guess some, you know, there's a ritual aspect to it. Uh, and it's, you know, uh, it's, it's something that's grown, uh, you know, to be, to be pretty popular. And there's all, there's so many things like this. I can't name them off the top of my head. There's like you know, hundreds of examples of things in this, in this vein. Yeah, I I think you gave a, a pretty clear picture of of how it's changing culturally, uh, or at least with the institutions, the building up of new institutions, um, the changing of existing institutions, which I think is really important. I mean, it, it isn't just a political game um, on the path to victory. It's also you know other institutions matter. Um, you know, schools matter. Uh, community organizations matter. These other things, they have influence on what happens, and it is very important that libertarians get into these positions of power. Um, I think that kind of covers, though, what I wanted to cover. So I usually give this opportunity for uh, my guests to promote uh, certain things, um, and obviously I think you do have things that you want to promote, but I wanted to say really quickly before that uh, I do give my full endorsement of your campaign. Uh, I think that if any of my listeners are in New Hampshire, that they should vote for you and get involved in your campaign. So I'd like to say that first, but uh, I'd like to give you the floor now to. Yeah. Uh, if you, if you support my campaign, I would love a donation. Uh, you know, every, every bit helps. I we're gonna, I'm not going to use this money in frivolous ways. We're going to make some media, we're gonna do some things that I think are, are gonna really get attention uh, in a good way. I'm not trying to just get, ne- I'm not saying zero negative attention, but in a good way overall. Um, Jeremy4nh.com uh, if you wanna get on our mailing list uh, or if you wanna uh, toss us some money. Um, if you wanna learn more about New Hampshire, um, uh, you, well, you can follow me personally on Twitter at Jeremy Kaufman. Uh, you can also follow the Free State Project is on every social media. They have a discord, they have an everything. Um, so what, literally whatever they have a YouTube, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, if you're watching it on Odyssey, they're on Odyssey, uh, as well. So am I, uh, and, uh, uh, so follow them, however you follow things, um, and just, you know, uh, pay attention to a little bit of it, uh, and then consider coming to Porkfest or just a summer vacation or a winter vacation. If you're, you know, a skier or a winter sports, you know, uh, kind of person, um, and, uh, and just come, come check it out, you know, bring your family. If you have them, there's so many families. Uh, you know, there's so many families here. Porkfest tickets are going to be sold out in like probably within a month. They're very close to sold out. So they're going to sell out way earlier than last year. Um, and that that's going to be more than 2,500 people um, at uh, all libertarians. This isn't like some of those other quote freedom fests, uh, you know, where it's like half, half, uh, half, uh, I don't know. Um, I don't What's the right word? Because you can be a conservative and be like, I struggle with this. Do you have an answer on this? Because it's like, I, I sometimes struggle with the other words because, like, to me, you can be a, and you you talked about this earlier about libertarians not having a um, that it's agnostic on some of these things because to me you can be a conservative and you can be a libertarian or you could be a, a liberal yeah. and a libertarian. So I don't know what you know. What would you call the kinds of people who who go to say Freedom Fest uh, or like what's the one in uh, in the one that was in South Dakota this year? And it's like probably about like half of them I would say are solid libertarians and the half of them are like maybe halfway there whatever, whatever yeah i think i think I, I i like to call them like i think conservatarian is a good good word for them where yeah. they're you know they're they're in they're on a 
in between phase or in a processing phase, you know. A lot of them are like, yeah, I like Rand Paul. He's my favorite libertarian. Or, or um, Thomas Massey's kind of a bad example because I think he's miles ahead of Rand Paul. But like, you know, uh, yeah. Mike Lee, or they like Mike Lee, yeah. or they yeah, think yeah. Ted Cruz yeah. is a libertarian or something like that. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Yeah, and those are some of the the better ones out there. But yeah, none of them are going, um, you know, really, really far enough. So. Um, and I'm not going to say, by the way, look, I'll say that also, like, look, if those people, if you want to come here and that's your kind of libertarianism, I'm not telling you not to move. I'm not telling you not to visit. So I'll also say, like, those people are totally, totally welcome here as well. <laughs> Encouraged to come. They're the, they're the, um, it's funny to see those people actually, because we certainly do have, have, have some of those. And it's funny because I think in a lot of climates, they're the like, in, in their previous climate, they were like the more out there kind of. Mm-hmm. And then here, they're like the least out there if that makes sense (laughs) so it's kind of a funny a funny dynamic all right i think i was just doing plugs and i got off track Uh, i think i'm done with i think i'm done with my plugs so consider this a little bonus bit uh at the end of the episode (laughs) i I did my plugs yes well i thank you for that all of those things will be linked in the description of every one of these videos or uh, every platform it's uploaded on um so i want to thank you again for coming on thanks it was great All right.